Hey, hey, hey. It's time to walk bud for the evening walk. And for some reason, I just feel like doing another podcast. It's Friday. Black Friday. Maybe it's a twofer. You're getting a twofer today. (laughs) A twofer. It's 522. It's still chilly out here. But the, uh, the rain and the weather has broken. And uh, so, because it has broken, what that means is there's no rain. We, uh, the actual radar actually kind of was misleading. So Bud and I walked this morning ahead of what we thought was the rain break. But it actually started raining. So the future... Future cast weather radar was off a bit. But here we are, and the skies are clearing. And I can even see the moon, a little bit of the moon. The sun hasn't set yet, but it is chilly. It's kind of chilly out here. So, uh, what do we got for a temp? And, uh, 56, kind of chilly. Uh, what have I been doing today? I was like, uh, we did some, moved some furniture for the wife. And uh, my son, I needed my son, who's staying here, 20 years old. A pretty heavy and large, um, large dresser drawer upstairs. And uh, mentally, it's amazing. Uh, some of this is related to Lose or Think, Scott Adams' book, which I'm probably 80% through with. Very good stuff in that Lose or Think. And uh, so now, uh, one of the things is like getting off. He had a story about getting off the couch. There's some, I forgot what the term is. There's some kind of like couch attraction. You get stuck in the couch. Probably some hip, hip language thing, you know. And for you youngers, Younger listeners, you can say, okay, boomer. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Buddy's owner, Arizona Schnoodle Walks, by just another okay, boomer guy. Yeah, that's me. So okay, boomer is a phrase for older people, I guess. When uh, the hipsters, the youngsters have a little bit of uh, an attitude towards the elderly. But hey, I can laugh. But it, yeah, so off the couch, he's like, you know, just have to get some kind of movement if you're stuck in the couch. And he even talks about like, well, just think about your pinky. If you can just wiggle your pinky, and start some movement. And it's related to moving this dresser down because it looked pretty massive. You know, first thought was, let's take the drawers out to make it lighter and then we'll, we'll carry down the drawers separately. But it, we that that idea was thwarted because uh, we've I've never seen a dresser like this where the drawers wouldn't come out. So it's a pretty it's like a five foot long thing. It's pretty heavy, and uh, and I and these are you know these mental barriers for for you women who have honey do lists, and you think of like can your husband just do this? Can he just do that? And we have these mental barriers, probably whether you're a guy or a gal, but 
my mental barrier was I just can't um, you know get get my get off the couch to do it. So here's Emily. Is that, is that Emily? You're gonna walk the dog now? Are you are you coming back? Are you coming back or are you just starting? Social skills, all right. What's what's that one's name? Max. Max? Yeah. Did you just finish walking him or? Yeah. Okay. So oh, I haven't seen Max out, the little dog. He's a small one. Probably a dachshund. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I probably have a neighborhood reputation. Even the, even a guy in Vegas notices, like, dude, you walk your dog. <laughs> but here, it's just uh, it's just funny. And I was watching, there was a TV show we were watching. Uh, my mother-in-law's over. It's pretty cool. We're just having a little lunch, leftover Thanksgiving food, cultural thing for us Americans. And uh, news story about dogs, and this guy's like confessing, like, oh man. My dog changed my life. I, I haven't gotten that far with Bud. I mean, Bud is cool, but... Um, hi! Um, I, I'm not going to say Bud has changed my life, but he's a pretty cool dog. I'll, I'll go that far. I certainly enjoy Bud and most of the family. Everybody in the family does, too. And even the neighborhood, probably, because here's this, you know, I'm walking the dog, you know. And I probably don't realize how many people see me. Here comes the car. Probably He's probably driven by me a bazillion times in the same spot on the sidewalk walking my dog. And he's like, dude, does that guy have a job? I was like, I have been asked, like, are you retired? And I sort of am retired because I don't have a job. But it's not, it's not because I uh, don't want a job. I'm trying to get one. And Monday's a big interview, Monday morning, talking to... Uh, to a guy about a job so we'll see how that goes I, i'll prepare i got saturday sunday i mean how much preparation i mean i got to know myself express my strengths what, what how can i help them make money and growth right and uh you know so what's my personality will i fit in am i am i a fit for the company culture so and that's if you're a small company entrepreneur and you own your own business, I mean, you're defining the company culture, right? But when you start getting to these big Fortune 50 or whatever American corporations, it's pretty hard to nail down the culture, right? I mean, I don't even know if the CEO um, has the same, uh, has a handle on the culture, right? I mean, it's just when you have 50,000 people, how are you going to really establish a culture, right? So, yeah, that's a trick. Here comes Goldie. He's going through the other gate. Hey, hey, Goldie. So, uh, the the skies look good. We got a little red because that's uh, when the sun's setting. You get some color. So, it's a real pretty evening here. 
And what's this? A company culture. So yeah. So personality. Do you fit in with the culture? If you're an entrepreneur, this is part of the so what for you guys listening. Is if you happen to be an entrepreneur, you are establishing your culture, and you may not deeply think about it. Because if you're a business of one, I mean, you have your own culture. You hire people. You bring them on. Build your team. And culture is kind of tough to define. And it's also, um, and, and if everybody has their own, if a person makes up their own culture, how adaptable, how flexible are they to work with other people and with other viewpoints? So I don't know, that's not really a definitive treatise on the subject of company culture, but I'm still going with the uh, J.T. O'Donnell work a daily career search thing that says uh, number one thing is personality number two aptitude how well can you learn something and third is experience so there you go you got to have the first two or the third thing doesn't matter personality aptitude so yeah experience learn and grow model failures and i think for me personally, I'm going through transition to, you know, get comfortable with failure because it's not unique to me. You know, I think we all put on these outward appearances like we never fail. We're afraid to fail. Nobody wants to be failure and be embarrassed by it. But I have to tell you that Scott Adams guy is really helping me process some of that. I feel like I'm growing that way. And I do know I got to get my story done and I got to make sure I'm not distracted by things that's I do get distracted I call it marinating though so I'm still working this book thing I'm getting there but the coach taught me way back when the Pomodoros and I know I can type and write so it's just a matter of focus and what did I say I got like 8,000 7,000 8,000 words in the new book so that's like 20 percent right now it's not perfect again but it's it's getting there and and i can do what did i say i could do like 1200 a half thousand a half so two two thousand words an hour so i've got forty thousand more words to go let's say or, and, uh, so it's 20 hours of writing Okay, you know, I gotta be able to get that done, like right now. So let's let's take some massive, Mikey. I'm gonna take some massive action, even though I'm walking the dog. I still walk the dog, right? It's amazing how. Uh, back to that moving the furniture. It took like ten minutes, and it and it seemed like a mental mountain. Like it was gonna be like, this is gonna take so much energy. It's gonna be as if we worked for three hours on it but it literally took 10 minutes, right? And it was, you know, a lot of it was moving something that was heavy that we hadn't moved before. So we had no experience moving it. And it was navigating through stairways, doorways, you know, dealing with the unknown, right? So it made it seem like a much bigger task than it really was. Much like this writing thing, right? So, hey, light bulbs going off in my head 
and probably people that have never written before, written before or writing like me, you go through this process. Some people get it quickly and some people get it slowly. I'm, I'm still learning. But, uh, man, I can start getting accustomed to this lifestyle. I love the lifestyle of walk the dog in the morning and walk the dog at night, do a podcast. <laughs> what a great lifestyle that is. Huh? So what value can I add to you, right? So maybe I'm saying stuff that you think and ruminate about yourself, but you don't have any way to get it out, right? So, I mean, I know this is probably not interesting to a lot of people, but it's, I'm actually, I do care about you, you know, the listener, you're the hero, we're all heroes, right? And that just helps me process stuff. So, in a way, and I'm being selfish, but, because I'm doing the podcast, but I'm also, but is, is it really selfish? I mean, I'm just using this technology to um, share my thoughts and get them out and bounce some ideas off of you, um, mostly through myself. So yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. I'm just doing, doing it. And do I get a dopamine hit? I guess they call that the dopamine hit. My brain. I get a little bit of a of a encouragement if I see, hey, two people listen to that. <laughs> so. So I'm, I'm going with it, you know, if two people listen, 10 people, 100,000, doesn't matter. This is, this is like a hidden gem on the internet. You're part of the hidden gem. It's so scarce, authentic, ruminating in public. It's scarce. Although they do have in England, they have this thing called the speaker's corner or something where Guys would just stand up and start talking in the middle of the park and people would wander around from speaker to speaker and just listening to them. And uh, yeah, the English, of course, you know, they, they're the masters, like I said, of all kinds of good phrases. And, uh, and, and then a couple, so what are a couple of aha moments I had in the last 48 hours were the story, I love that build a story brand. And then there's another guy, his name's Pat Howell, who has uh, business of stories or something like that. And they both have very similar frameworks, models, process. So that's pretty cool. Because Donald Miller, he owns it. He owns it. And so does uh, this other guy. They both own it. And then just go for it. So I'm going to own whatever I own. And if somebody wants to do something similar, great. You know, I got to own my thing. With You know, each one of those two people has their own styles. And, uh, you know, they, but it's kind of reaffirming that story brand is a good, good idea. Pause, public speaking. There it was. I just gave you a pause. So I'm checking up on public speaking. So podcasting is a little bit of practice on that. And uh, so it's not perfect, you know, but I got it going. Learn from mistakes, Scott Adams. That's just 
go do stuff. And the other aha moment with Scott Adams was he was describing cultural gravity. Okay, he calls it, he names it cultural gravity. And uh, I would call it um, crab mentality. So previously I've talked about crab mentality where your tribe, your culture, they want you to stay, everybody wants to stay warm in the bucket. And if you try to get out of the bucket, people pull you back in. So Scott Adams calls that cultural gravity. So if your culture, um, like the, uh, he said his growing up, he got a little bit of pushback because he was a fairly good student and got good grades and the cultural gravity, it wasn't strong, but it was a little bit low. He was able to overcome it. It was kind of like, if he wanted to be cool, he shouldn't be so smart or, something, or do so well in school. So the cultural gravity was saying, hey man, knock it off. Don't be a hero, right? <laughs> and then, well, what a phrase, don't be a hero. We're all heroes, dude. So next time someone says, don't be a hero, you can say, um, why not? We're all heroes, man. We're all heroes. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so he calls it cultural gravity. Other people have called it crab mentality. And maybe some of you entrepreneurs out there, especially ones who like get training and they, they get, there's all these people who have great ideas frameworks and coaching and you probably start seeing overlapping similarities between them so i mean i think i'm original like i want to be original but now i'm getting comfortable with you know my ideas can't be that super original i mean they they are to me but i don't want to get i want to stay i have to be i think the message is be humble because if I thought about it and there's 7 billion people on the planet, there's odds that somebody else did. But if I own it and just go with it, and if somebody else said, oh, yeah, I know all about it, fine. But not everybody does. And it's not a trick or anything. It's just the way it is, right? So, yeah, it's all marinating, getting, getting used to it. So, uh, sometimes my... Embarrassment factor. I mean, Scott Adams has encouraged me to like encourage. Well, not just me. Encourages every one of his readers. Like, hey, just be embarrassed if you can deal with embarrassment, then that's good. So, in a way, these podcasts are embarrassing, right? They're kind of silly. You can chuckle, laugh, ha ha ha. Hopefully, you're not dialing into this for Schadenfreude and say, "Oh, this guy is such a knucklehead. I'd never want to do something like that." He's so. So such and such, but you, that would be, that would be a cultural gravity for me, or you'd be trying to put me in your bucket. So I'm not going to stay in your bucket. Whoever, if you have those negative vibes, man, watch it with the negative vibes. Hmm. So bud, what are we doing here? That's let's go. We got stuck here. We got to keep going. Huh? Come on. So. Still a little light out. It's getting the, the sun may have set. We got some civil twilight. Civil. It's very civil right now. The twilight. <laughs> and then we're gonna have some uh, 
uh, nautical twilight and then astronomical twilight. So those are some phases as we get darker and the colors change and the clouds are still illuminated because they're, I don't know, a couple thousand feet in the air and they, uh, the sun's still shining on them. So it's kind of, that's the situation we're in right now. And uh, so, yeah, I'm enjoying the loser thing. There's some other stuff for me to read. And it's just, uh, what a guy that Scott Adams. I mean, he's a very humble, smart dude and explains how he started his Dilbert comic as a side hustle and brought it to five different newspaper organizations and four out of five rejected his idea of Dilbert. And then it went on to become a super hit. So there's some encouragement for you entrepreneurs. You know, he had an authentic idea and that he felt like it was his calling. So he went with it. That is a great story. So what else? What else we got? Yeah. So reading, what was I? I was just reading. I said something about, I was actually tempted to try to read it on, on the air here on the podcast. Let me see if the magic of these technology works where it'll take me back to the book where I was. Um, yeah, so it's, it's pretty magical. Is that what I wanted? I'm kind of flipping through with my thumb now. How to break out of your mental prison. So one of the themes and what he's naming in the book is how we put ourselves into mental prisons, which other people would probably call limiting beliefs. So it depends on what kind of uh, a person you are. Um, I mean, well, not what kind of person, but mental prisons versus... Um, Limiting beliefs, pretty similar concepts, just different names. So I see Terry here with the boys are putting up lights. So I could um, keep the podcast going and uh, conclude that conversation with Terry and the boys. But you know what? I think I'm going to save that. I think I'm going to stop the podcast right here and pick it up in a moment. And we'll see you on the other side. Thanks. And we're back. So a little short discussion there on putting up lights, doing chores, resistance, not wanting to do stuff, having it framed as a 10-minute job and stuff. But we did talk about college football, which I don't care about. So I guess I'd give myself kudos for being, being willing to get into model trains, right? And now talk about college football, which is kind of interesting. And but uh, <laughs> as he was describing, they have this championship thing, and it's kind of crazy because people vote on who gets in and doesn't get in, and it becomes uh, controversial for like who they pick for the top four. And it just gets to be a mess, right? So my brain, this fellow's from uh, the he's a good dude, but. Uh, yeah, not but, but and. He's a good dude, and he's also at the Baptist church then. 
So he's had that experience. But I don't really talk to him about church stuff just because it would be kind of rude, right? Because I'm not trying to recruit people to my opinions, right? But I do want to talk about what matters. But anyways, I'm getting that. I don't want to go there. First, I want to finish this college football thing. So it's almost like this, this the football thing gets complicated, like you said. And I'm, I was thinking, oh, kind of like being saved. <laughs> it's like the organized religions have made a relationship with God really complicated. You know, you got to fit into their frameworks, man. And, uh, but I didn't talk about that either. I have such control, such self-control, man. Mm. So here we are, bud, in the dirt. Let's unload this uh, bag here. And we'll get back to the topics at hand. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So what was the latest framework? It wasn't even a fame framework that was... It wasn't a framework about how to give a talk, but it was a framework about speaking business. So listen to some free information on that. Hmm. So I'm by the freeway wall. It's quiet now because there's no traffic, but uh, less than four weeks, I think we'll be cars hustling by here and we'll have to, we'll have to compare right now. It's quiet. And I don't know what it's going to sound like, but there's cars over there. Probably, probably hear them. Mm. Mm. Wow. So that's a a pause for Lagunitas Daytime IPA. So I had to walk a can while walking the bud. And I was going to talk about that because, you know, uh, I, I this is USA now, right? So my, my brain went to, you know, if I was walking bud in Germany and I wanted to drink a beer, I'd be mm-hmm. like, well, what are the German laws about this? You know, I'd be, I'd be concerned about the German culture and you know, what they thought about stuff. And beer's a beer's an interesting example because I know now already in Germany it wouldn't be a problem because they, they drink beer everywhere. I, I mean, I don't know. They, they must have a pretty high consumption of that. But, I mean, you can, you, you there's, it's like uh, almost every train stop, it's like you can buy beers at the nearby. And quite often you'll see people drinking a beer on the train. Public drinking is not a issue in Germany, but it is here. And my mindset, though, was, hey, I am uh, an American, and so if I get hassled, I feel confident to talk myself out of it. Howdy. Good. It's cooled off. And uh, so, yeah, I can um, talk myself out of things. Or just de- I just feel confident to deal with it, you know. So there is something about living in another country for extended periods of time and having to deal with those little thoughts of, is this okay? Is it? I don't know if it's okay to do this. Is it okay? And like 
I don't know. Maybe I won't take the risk because I don't have the verbal skills to uh, talk my way out of it. So, but the default default plan works as I did on my last week or so working there. Because in Germany, a little cultural part of the story here, just German cultural story for you. So the train systems in Germany pretty much operate on an honor system that they want you to buy a ticket. They expect you to buy a ticket. And then there's all ways of buying a ticket. You can buy like a monthly pass. You can buy a weekly pass. You can buy a three-day pass. You can buy a pass for two kids and two adults or three kids and two adults. They even have combinations with your dog included, bicycle included. You know, to to the uh, outsider, it looks kind of humorous, some of the things. Oh, it's like, oh, I can get a ticket. It includes my dog. Great. You know, bud. And you, yeah. You, we do well in Germany, bud, you and I. <laughs> Walking around Germany. Uh, yeah, I get a ticket for the dog. Include the dog. But um, then they have this term called Schwarzfahren, Schwarzfahren, which is black rider. But that means you don't pay a ticket, pay for your fare. So I lived, uh, hey, good evening. So I lived about uh, 30 minutes from downtown Berlin. And that was probably about 10 stops, maybe eight, eight stops, right? So that would take 30 minutes, 25, 30 minutes. And, uh, but for work, I would take the train, uh, one stop and then you have end station. So technically it's two stops, but it's basically you get on, you have one stop and then you get off. You know, it was like a five minute, five to eight minute experience, right? So I could have bought like a monthly pass for like 60 bucks and be fully covered. But I'm cheap as hell. Because <laughs> so, <laughs> I basically wouldn't go downtown unless it was the weekend. And uh, so I'm like, I don't want to pay 60 bucks a month for something I hardly use, right? So my mind is always, you know, doing the justification things. So I figure, look, I'm, I'm rebuilding the German economy, the East Germany, you know, single-handedly. <laughs> I'm bringing technology jobs to Germany. I'm such a wonderful guy. So you know what? I'm just not going to buy a ticket. If I go downtown Berlin, I'll buy a ticket, but... That way, I'll probably spend $20 a month on tickets just when I need them, as opposed to a $60 monthly thing. So that's pretty much what I did. And I got away with it for four years. Never never had a problem with it. And, uh, and then the last week, I think it was the last week I was working, before we move back, 
and I was talking to an American guy on the train. We're both going to work. And he was doing the same. He, it turns out he was Schwarzfarn too. And we both worked at this company for a couple of years. So we, we knew German pretty well. We knew the rules and stuff. So uh, the controllers, they call them, they control people. They came on the train. And I'm like, oh, crap. We only got two. We only got one stop. What? I hope they don't come down and ask me for a ticket. You know, I'm thinking, don't ask me for a ticket, man. So they come up to us, ask for a ticket. And now all of a sudden I become, I know my German is not good enough to talk my way out of it, right? I mean, it's pretty good. I probably uh, could have made an effort to talk myself out of it. But I decided the best plan of attack would be play dumb American, right? So the, <laughs> I knew I knew they were asking for my ticket, right? I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. But I thought my best strategy at this point was to be dumb. Like, huh? What? I, I, I just showed up this morning. I just flew in from... <laughs> I just flew in from the United States, man. I don't know what's going on. What? Ticket? What? And I knew the train was stopping in a couple minutes. And everybody's going to get off, right? So, I mean, they, they could have held me. You know, it's like, give me a $100 fine or something. But I decided to play dumb. And so I went into my acting role. And so they asked me for a ticket. So... The first thing I did was, oh, um, um, passport, passport here. Here's, is this what you're looking for? My passport. <laughs> and, and they just like, nah, you know, they're going like, no, no, no. Where's your ticket? Where's your ticket? You know, I, go, oh, I don't know. Whoa. What are you talking about? Here's my passport. <laughs> and, uh, so they kind of gave up on that. And my friend is like, he pulls out his badge for work. Like I'm going to this company to work, you know? And I'm like, oh, dude, that's not a good move, man. Because if you have a badge to work there, they know that this is not your first time riding the train, right? So anyway, he still got out of it too. So the both of us got out of it. So, um, so that's just a fun story for you. I know, is there a so what on that? So what? I don't know. I mean, we're just sneaky people. Some people are sh sneaky. And most of this stuff is pretty harmless, right? And uh, I guess I was lying then, right? Wasn't I? So this morning I talked about lying and how the psychologists you know, put up there, like, don't lie, you know, people die. I can't trust people that are liars, man. And I was just saying, people lie all the time. So it's kind of hard to make that a criteria and hold that against people. And so, of course, I'm exaggerating. You know? and I'm guilty of attribution bias. Like, well, what's this thing? So I wasn't sure if I pissed her off or not. The good news is she she came back and we exchanged some commentary and uh, and that's the thing about texting social media posting stuff 
it's like so easy to misinterpret stuff. So if you if you guys didn't start squeaker yet, squeaker's a good good idea. I don't know if it'd be effective, um, but uh, it'd be interesting to see if Trump would go over to squeaker. <laughs> He's got to be the most famous tweeter, right? So anyway, um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, I'm low on the distribution curve because I probably drink the Kool-Aid a lot. And if you're going to do well in life, you can't drink the Kool-Aid. And uh, I kind of want to blow the doors off the Kool-Aid drinking uh, religious thing. Just because, you know, that's the kind of guy, the guy I am. <laughs> it's like, are you guys smoking what you're selling? Yeah. So, you know, so it's gotten into, you know, we're smoking the right stuff, I guess. Well, yeah, we, we really know what we're smoking, man. And it's like, it's all similar stuff. You're making really fine differentiations between the general product and uh you know then it's obviously become marketing so the reformation is basically has turned into a marketing campaign and uh, missing the message so may that be an encouragement to you howdy Hey, we got a nice big dog there, yeah. All right. You guys want to say hi? Go ahead. You gonna sniff a little bit? You got a big tail going, that's good. All right. Yeah. My guy's five years old. How old is your guy? Ten. Ten. Good. Getting a little older then. All right, have a good night. Yeah. No barking, right? You notice that? Did you notice that? Did you hear that? Elf. <laughs> so where were we? We're getting ready to wrap here. I got to wrap up because we're almost home. But... Uh, so what's about, dang, I think some good, um, drinking the Kool-Aid and um, being separate, being independent, and, uh, and that kind of good stuff. So, you know, I gave you a two for today, and I don't know, so what are we going to call this one? Howdy. What are we calling this one, uh, folks? What are we calling this one? Dang. What was the main message today? Loser think, maybe? I'll give a... Maybe I'll finally give a talk about loser think. Oh, yeah. I did find the uh, passage about getting out of your mental prison, which is like limiting beliefs. And uh, he says... Mental, my mental prison breaks. It might help you to know 
about my own mental prison breaks so you can get a better feel for what is possible when you free your mind. My mother raised me to believe I could do anything. So long as I am, or set my mind to it. That was hyperbole, of course, because I can't play the center position for an NBA team. But the mindset of you can do anything was a tremendous advantage for me in how I've approached life. I believe no mental prison could hold me, and I've lived my life that way. I became one of the top cartoonists on the planet without any formal training. I became one of the highest paid and most sought after professional speakers in the country by starting out incompetent and figuring out how to improve. I became a number one best-selling author with my first book, book, The Dilbert Principle. This book will be my 11th, not counting dozens of Dilbert books. I have never taken a writing class unless you count a two-day workshop on business writing. So, um, getting out of our mental prisons and the cultural gravity. So I think that's a good now what. So what mental prisons have we put ourselves in? And I don't know. You, we each have our own. Maybe there's common. Maybe there's simpler. And uh, let's have a jailbreak is what he's basically saying. Jailbreak out of our mental prisons and other people with their crab mentality are the ones that usually hold us back from breaking out. So I guess that would be my now what for, for all of us is uh, micro-generosity. I like doing some micro-generosity when I'll have the opportunity with my wife and my mother-in-law who's over. So uh, I've got a great mother-in-law. Uh, not because we engage in like deep philosophical conversations, but she's just pleasant to be with. And she um, makes strudel. That's always a bonus. <laughs> if, if you make strudel, that's a, a good thing. And uh, so, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I get, you know, and so because I like the German thing and she's got that background, we can practice a little German together. But mental prison, work on it, uh, do a jailbreak, get free, cultural gravity, um, crab mentality, I like that visual of crabs actively trying to hold you back from getting out into freedom, right? Literal freedom. And it's nice and dark now. It's chilly. The city lights are lighting up the clouds over the mountains. It's getting pretty. So, uh, I would say I have a lot to be thankful for. I have some gratitude. And I have no magic formula, no silver bullet. And my mental prison is probably like, I don't realize how, 
how well I have, how well, how well off I have. It's not, and it's, it's probably a good thing, right? Because it's not a, a pride thing. I'm, uh, I guess I'm trying to sell internal peace and contentment. I'm not telling you how to get rich quick, man. <laughs> right? This is not a get rich quick thing. And what is riches anyways? A lot of us are so rich already, we just don't realize it. So that's a now what? We are rich enough might be the, that might be the conclusion today. Okay. Loser think, let's be winners. Let's get out of our prisons. Reduce our loser think. And this time, bud, we're not going to let you bust into the door and bang your head, right, bud? So, yeah, we're all here. There's the buddy. I'm so excited. You made it. Hold on, bud. Hold on. I'm so excited, bud. Let me get this off you. There you go. Hey. He wants to see mommy. And Oma. Okay. So that was fun. That was a special presentation of the buddy owners. Buddy's owners. Schnoodle walk. Is the excitement of the dog. The love and affection the dog has for other people. It's good to see. Good to see. So with that, there's even some bright stars or planets in the skies. And uh, for fun, I'll use this app, which I like. Go Skywatch for $3.99. And it tells me that it's Venus. Is that Venus? Holy cow, Venus. And Jupiter are next to each other. Is that what that is? Wow, they look further apart than on here. Saturn, wow, they're all together. Saturn, Venus, really bright, and Jupiter. But can I see, it's so hard to see Saturn right now. And then the moon is above it, and next to the moon is if something's not going right here. Oh, man. Come on, Skywatch. What are you doing to me? I don't see the moon. You know? That's not fair. Where is that moon? And Pluto's there, too, in line? Where is the moon? That can't be. Something's not working right. How did this happen? But, uh... <laughs> okay. How can I miss the moon? It's crazy. I don't know. I'll have to figure that out later. I don't know why. But I think I'm looking at Venus, which is uh, pretty amazing. And Jupiter. But something's not working right tonight with the Skywatch. So I'm going to end it here instead of trying to figure that out. And it's usually a good app, but it seems to be off base. All right. So it's Friday night. Much to do in the weekend. Be blessed in what you do. Enjoy the grace, mercy, and peace in your life.
Amen.